weather outside is frightening, and those tits are so enticing. But I'm gonna need a wingman for show. A Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe. He doesn't know how to stop it, and he'd even grab a cop's tail. He's gonna find a chick who'll blow. A Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe. Finally fucks tonight Oh, you know he's gonna come real quick But when you see all that tidy white Prepare for the tiniest prick Now at night Charlie's jitterbugging And when he sees tits his face is mugging But there's a perv you can count on, you know At Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe This Week in Sleaze, with your host, the Great Lord, Joshua Regal, and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. We wish you so merry fucking, we wish you so merry fucking, we wish you so merry fucking by Charlie Cho. That's as much as I'm going to do. Nice. Yeah, I, I sat down and wrote that in, like, longer time than you might think, actually. <laughs> like two hours. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Charlie Cho is the theme. I don't know if that even makes sense. Merry fucking. I suppose it is. Like, yeah, merry. I'm yeah, fucking. That's all merry. Yeah, you're happily doing it. It would be the utmost honor to be taken by Human Dick Charlie or Batcho Charlie, which sounds like Batshit Charlie. Which it kind of is. That all will make sense. So welcome everybody to the This Week in Sleaze Christmas Special of 2014, which is episode 32. And it's a filthy, cummy, Charlie Cho Christmas, as usual. Uh, so we bring you the smelly brew of two of his cinematic classics, or s- classic appearances anyway. And uh, so, Joshua, yes. take me. Is the first movie we are going to cover that was made in 1991. Notice the pause there. That was a comedic pause. Like, uh-huh. take me uncomfortable pause. Wait, Ken. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be like this, but hey, it's an oral podcast, so here we go. Nom, nom, nom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I don't think you get, like, the whole oral, oral thing, Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't miss it. No I think you get that. what is possible and what is not possible between us. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but anyway, we are going to talk about the movie Take Me from 1991 and The Other Side of Dolls from 1993. And I am Sleazy K. And with me again is the great Lord Joshua Regal. And it's been a fucking while since you and I have spoken. So how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing swell. I'm here. I'm ready to party. Where have you been? Getting an education, doing something good with your life instead of helping me to stain and keep the tidy whitey theater seats warm. Is that what you've been doing, good boy? Explain yourself. I've been doing stuff that's far less important, like, you know, trying to learn to save lives and stuff like that, which is bullshit when I should be here. You cynical, you cynical bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Saving lives. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sometimes I like to, uh, like when we're at study groups and stuff like that, I like to uh, sit at Starbucks and like, you know, intentionally try to like do it, say stuff as loud as possible, stuff like that to like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, basically we're like, we're like four year olds and I'll sit there and like, like I'm trying to impress girls or whatever that come in. Like when a really hot chick will walk in Starbucks or whatever, I'll be like, Yep, nursing, man. Whoo, learning to save lives sure is tough. Gosh, yeah, stuff like that. Like, what a smooth motherfucker you are. <laughs> so smooth, and they all ignore us. It's yeah. really sad. I was about but, to yeah. say, how's that worked out for you? Not good. Zero for zero. <laughs> Maybe you should like uh, get into line immediately, and and like um. And then when you come up to the counter, and maybe she will hear this as well, the uh, barista or whatever, however you say it, will say, like, this is your 12th cup of gingerbread fucking coffee. Sure you want some more? Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Study group, nursing, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're that one's zero for zero as well. Yes. But in all seriousness, Josh has been uh, further, uh, as we've hinted at, he's been uh, furthering his education, and that's absolutely fantastic and fine, and that's why we haven't been able to get together partly. Obviously, I've been busy a little bit as well, producing podcasts, and sometimes time slips away and priorities are made, and you've made correct priorities, my friend. So, uh, that, that obviously, in reality, I'm immensely proud of you for going like the lengths that you are, because you're killing yourself, but you're, you, it's not like this was forced upon you. You're doing it, you know, deep inside, you're doing this for a, a, a good reason, you know, a humane reason and not just monetary reason. So, right. So, uh, so good on you. How, how many, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like expose your life or anything, but how, if, uh, I mean, are you done or is it like a semester left or what's going on? I've got two semesters left. I will be done December 2015. As long as I, as long as I keep passing these classes. Right on, and you are seemingly so good on you, and hopefully uh, they'll, uh, yeah, that's good. It's like been four, will it be like five years in total, or four years in total? It'll be, I believe it will be, it'll be like three and a half, four years in total. Normal for nursing school? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting an associate's first. I'm going to go bad, back for the bachelor's. Yeah, and that's not, bachelor's is normally what they call a four-year program, but I had a lot of prerequisites to do and stuff like that, where associate's isn't is two years of actual being in the nursing program, but I had nearly two years worth of, uh, you know, prerequisites and stuff like that to get done. So it would really be like, if I went with bachelors, it'd really be like six years, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's dedication. That's not something um, anyone can do. So uh, good on you. You're, you're, all, you're almost done. You're almost done, but <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Next year when we do the podcast, possibly, you know, it's finalized. Yeah, next year and next year I'll have a lot more time too. I mean, I will be at this point like going to like graduation and stuff like that. And but you know the fourth level of uh, like nursing school is a lot more relaxed. You know, you finish up with all your schoolwork, but like in October or something like that, or November, uh, like early November, and you just get the rest of the times like going back and forth to like little group things and stuff like that and blah 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 stuff for the plenty school. more time to hone your Starbucks techniques your, your yes. Starbucks picking up girls yeah <laughs> plenty more time mm. alrighty um, okay I have my Yulmus my tall glass of Yulmus and uh, mm -hmm. Joshua has looked over, have looked all over the net and maybe Hobo Field alleyways to find 
Julmurst <laughs> in his neck of the woods. And I obviously consumed this Swedish festive soda, which is probably, as I said before, recycled sewage waste. But, uh, you know, if you just add a little coloring and more coloring <laughs> and uh, artificial flavor, you know, people will buy it. And I certainly do. I like it. It's pretty black. I don't know. It's pretty black. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's this. It it is not Coca Cola rebranded. It's probably along the lines of the Coca Cola recipe. But many people think it tastes at least the stuff you buy here. And hopefully you you have the same like blend or whatever. Many people think it tastes a little bit bitter. And uh, I think that's. I, I'm not a soda guy at all. Really, I'm not at all. I mean, uh, if I drink like five cokes during one year, like five mm-hmm. whatever, uh, like. Uh, normal sized bottles that's a lot for me but uh so th- this season you know uh, it's uh, it's uh Yilmust season so joshua got Yilmust to finally like feel recycled sewage waste between his teeth like i do every christmas great uh, but as a matter of fact that uh, you didn't get the brand that i have which is mm. you know obviously just Yilmust. but uh, what, what did you get what does it say on that bottle or uh, that you got there I've got Grandpa Lundquist's Christmas soda, Scandinavian. You must see what they did there. Yeah, uh, the the one company that doesn't have like monopoly on you must over here. You, you you get variations of it, so it might as well be in the stores somewhere here. You know Lundquist's uh, Christmas soda. You know yours was probably made in Fargo or something. <laughs> probably this is probably just Coca Cola. <laughs> they just put. You could literally just take Coke, pour it into a different bottle, and then sell it for a lot more. I don't know if you're going to feel some bitterness or not, but live on the show, we're going to do a taste test here. So yeah. crack open one of those uh, one of those bottles and give it a whirl. You know, sniff it and then shug it like a man, because that'll make you cool and uh, you'll uh, you know it'll grow hair on your back. All so, right, all right, go. So one, two, three, go. All right, here we go. <sighs> what kind of shit is this, Kevin? <laughs> You know, mm, that's interesting. Well, so 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 let, let's really read it in. Like, is it just Coca Cola, or do you think it's a t- tiny bit different? No, it's it's definitely different. It's like it's Coca Cola almost, but like maybe like a almost like cherry Coke. Like uh, there's a slight. I, I can see how somebody could call it bitter. Like it definitely could, but uh, it's kind of got uh, a citrusy or like a fruity type flavor with it too. Wow, what a what a what a what a, what, a, what taste buds, you know? <laughs> and uh, and do you feel it between your teeth? Like, can you feel the little bits? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of fecal matter in between the teeth right now, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Other than that, yeah, it, it, it's not like we are like when you send this stuff abroad that uh, people think it's you know drink, like drinking acid or anything, but it's a distinctly different taste that isn't necessarily like. The American market will embrace it. I mean, it's out there, but not like you can pick it up at Seven uh, Eleven or anything. No, I mean, I had to. I spent way too much. I mean, I'm sure I could have found it cheaper. I paid like forty dollars or something like that for like my little four pack. That is too much. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even know that. I thought like you paid like ten dollars or something for no. four pack. Forty bucks, dude. Yeah, you got ripped off. I did get ripped off, but I couldn't find anybody like. Every site I was going to just did not have it, and then finally I found it on like some kind of Swedish shop or something like that, like some company out of I don't know, God knows where. Uh, and yeah, they they had this, and I was like, well, 
they look reliable. They're one of the few places that are looking like they would definitely get it to me before Christmas, so I went with them. You don't know you you couldn't order it like straight from IKEA or something. I mean, I, I assume they have it. They IKEA have... was like out of it or something like that. Like when I was looking through them, they had some kind of brand, but they um, they were of no use. Well, there you go. Keep keep chugging it, uh, sipping it, and what have you. It's Christmas finally. We, now we share something for for reals, you know. Now, now we now we have, now we have something that connects us finally. So not not only the movies, but the the sewage waste as well. The sewage waste. Yes, it's pretty black. I gotta tell you, I I, I rarely I rarely look at it like oh, what is that? It's just like hmm, smells good. I'm drinking it, you know. The sugar smells. It's the sugar that's, I suppose, makes it uh, makes it addictive, as per usual with everything. Uh, but but I, I put it down after the holidays. Like no mm-hmm. more Yilmaz because it doesn't feel right. You know, it's uh, yeah. it can only be done in this time frame. You know, even sniffing it in November doesn't feel right. Like December first, then it's a massacre. It says during Yule, children and adults alike enjoy Yilmaz. A unique, sweet, and flavorful winter soft drink. Created in 1910, Yulmus was quickly embraced and continues to be a part of Swedish culture to this day. Start your own tradition by serving ice-cold Grandpa Lundquist Christmas soda at all of your holiday gatherings and winter events. They're telling you what to do now. Like, drink ours. Drink ours. I mean, you, you fucking get any other kind. You're gonna go to hell. I, I, that is sewage waste, but we we actually filtered ours. <laughs> I mean, you don't. You're not gonna get the you know the big chunks. We're gonna minimize it to the small ones, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Should be big chunks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> big juicy chunks of poo. Oh, Swedish style. <laughs> Swedish style. But they 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 are they are a hot item, you know. They 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 are flying off the shelves, and uh, so they they still um you know it's still a, a tradition, uh, and you usually have it um on the um uh on Christmas Eve at the dinner table and what have you, you know. No, not only not only the Christmas beer or the schnapps or what have you, but uh, you must for the kids too. Do you get it in like two liters and stuff like that? Like, uh, yeah, usually, yeah. I, I've never even seen like because we drink so goddamn much of it. I don't think they sell uh, smaller uh, quantity uh, or volume mm-hmm. bottles or what have you because we just consume it like hell. So it's just like big, big ass. Like, what? I think it's two liters or something. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Good. Okay, that was fun. Keep keep uh, keep filling yourself up with the Christmas spirit, uh, Swedish style, and uh, we'll uh, do some quick contact information. Then, then Josh, take me. It's the movie that we're gonna discuss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, some quick contact information. There's this this week in Sleeps Party Two on the Podcast on Fire Network. We are on podcastonfire.com along with all the other shows and the bonus episodes. Email us if you have any feedback or if you want us to send you some Yulmust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have some to sell. You finish that four pack like in in these two hours, so, you know. That, that was the deal, unless whether you like it or not. Throw hair on your back, you know, make you cool. <laughs> you can you can use that line on a girl in Starbucks. Hey, you, you like you almost? Uh... <laughs> She's like you. She'd be like, what? What is a what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I've got a podcast for you to listen to. Now you're really going to be impressed. Exactly. It's a podcast. <laughs> What's a podcast? That's the next question. Yes. Is that like Snapchat? No. Guys, it's not working. <laughs> Why is she not impressed? 
shouting across the Starbucks. Guys, you told me if I told her that Snapchat. <laughs> Gosh. It's only one more semester and then we'll get rid of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have a Facebook group. You can discuss with us uh, about the almost and movies and what have you. Facebook.com forward slash PWF Network is our page, and we the discussion group is uh, available as a link on that page, or you can type in Podcast on Fire Network into Facebook Facebook search bar. Uh, tweet us, Twitter.com forward slash so good review. Sorry, Twitter.com forward slash Podcast on Fire. But on the other hand, I write about category free movies and ninja exploitation and Taiwanese movies at so goodreviews.com, and I review uh, uh, in a little uh, audio video uh, small uh, commentaries in video form at sleazykvideo.com and I tweet at twitter.com forward slash so good reviews and on iTunes it's uh, where you'll find the entire network and this week in Sleaze and please leave a star rating just click the star rating in the comments and if you have the time please leave a written one as well so thank you very much and stream us on Stitcher Radio uh, if you don't like downloading to your device if you have Pictures of Yulmus like cluttering up your phone or device. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. And I'm like, click, like, here's me with the Yulmus, you know, in the bath, in bed, at Starbucks. This is me being escorted out of Starbucks for bringing in beverage. <laughs> oh my god, we bring like food up in Starbucks. We like, it, it's insane. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Really? Cool. Yeah, they, well, like, cool. I'm cool with that. It's like normally, it's like strict regulations about what you can and can't do. And I suppose bringing in beverage and food from elsewhere is like a big no-no. But hey, there you go. We buy stuff, you know. But like, yeah, I brought uh, fried chicken up in there. You know, it's like a free course meal, you know. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, my buddy, man, he brings like home cooked meals. He'll sit there and bring up Tupperware <laughs> bowls and stuff like that, like. <laughs> Got meatloaf and. Can we use him here, microwave? I gotta heat this up. I think one time one of us actually suggested that. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna try to use that microwave. It's going a little too far. Just casually walk in behind the counter, like, hey, so. <laughs> We'd be so out of left field. They would... Wait a minute. Did that guy just heat up his. It, it's, the, it's, it's shit like this that, like, when I go, uh, when I do travel overseas to, like, uh, Europe or whatever is just going to get me like that ugly American uh, vibe going. Show me your microwaves. I'm going to heat, heat shit up. I'm just going to like walk into a, a little coffee shop or something like that with like a drink from somewhere else and just, everybody's just going to turn and look at me. Here's me getting my face smashed in <laughs> on the pavement. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You're nicked, mate. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> your first five minutes in the UK or what have you. So. <laughs> There you go. Uh, shelflifeclothing.com, we always like to give a shout-out. So, uh, Shelf Life Clothing can summarize that the year has been good for them. They went viral uh, news-wise. Uh, the Cleveland, uh, sorry, the Caucasians T-shirt, which is a parody of a, a Cleveland Indians baseball logo, went uh, went into the news, went, went viral. So, uh, Brian Kirby has been selling these shirt or shirt like uh, like you read about, and I'm sure there's Christmas deals over at shelflifeclothing.com, and you can get his satirical T-shirt that says Caucasians on it, along with other cool designs as well, like made-up movies uh, that he uh, creates like old uh, old school style mo- movie posters for, and puts on T-shirts. He's really really talented, and he deserves that success. Goddamn, does he? Because that was not a, an annoying like viral thing. It was a very 
good thing. It got people uh-huh. talking, like got rational people talking, got irrational people talking about it. Even went to the Daily Show, not Brian himself, but they, like they had a segment with. Uh, I think it was. It wasn't about baseball. But it was about the. What is the team that's called Redskins, and what sport is that? Washington Redskins. Yeah, is that yeah it? that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, is that's that football, football, football that's right? So, so they had like a panel of uh, um, Native Americans uh, sitting there and talking about uh, talking with Jason Jones uh, on the Daily Show, and one of them had that T-shirt on. So it's like, hey, it's very conscious choice by that uh, by that man, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, it was a good little segment. Apparently, very dangerous to shoot because they went to a football game and got some aggressive uh, behavior there from fans and what have you. So uh, I heard about that and I saw the picture of the guy wearing the shirt. So yeah, very cool. Uh, you have been busy, so you've not been super active in terms of your writing and your podcasting elsewhere. But your site is still out there, where it's uh-huh. Lloyd, and you have a podcast that. Is not going away anytime soon. It's been on a hiatus uh, for a little while as well. So, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, plug away, regardless. Yeah, the Trashy Trio. Uh, just Google us, you'll find us. And then, uh, yeah, variedcelluloid.net is my main. Been my main home base since 2003. So, you know, it's not going away. Even if I quit writing completely, it'll be up there. I'll still keep paying for it to stay up. Yeah, it's an, an archive that's uh, well worth it to have up there, and you, you have some yeah. past Christmas uh, themed, uh, like like uh, like like tons of reviews done for Halloween or Christmas or what have you. So it's not like you were a slouch when you were writing, you know. You... Since this started, since this <clears throat> nursing school started, I haven't been able to do it, but I do love my Kung Fu Christmas, and I do love my uh, Halloween Horrors Month. Both of those are uh, the good memories from that, man. And it's been a while. I mean, the last episode, the Treasure Trio were on, yeah. But th- just a brief blurb, regardless. What does the Treasure Trio concern themselves with, and what do you talk about over there? Trashy movies. We uh, actually recorded our uh, like one year anniversary show uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, I just haven't been able to release it because it's you know haven't had time to edit it, but. Uh, Thankfully, now I got a little bit of free time. I'm going to do that, and we're going to be working on uh, recording uh, the next episode shortly. Was it like uh, recording in the middle of the summer? Oh my god, it's so hot! Oh my god, I can't believe it's so hot. <laughs> it probably is. I haven't like I started listening. I didn't get to the like the main you know chunk of like the uh, beginning, but yeah, it's probably going to be stupid stuff like that. I, know, I think we're talking about Sin City too. We're on the beach recording. Are you enjoying the beach, <laughs> Joshua? Where's my towel? Gosh, it's so warm. It probably changed. Um, it probably was recorded somewhere in September, I guess, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was reminded of the Bill Hicks bit. I've been listening to Bill Hicks a lot lately. There, when he talks about going to the beach, you know, you know, what's the deal about going to the beach? Let's go to the beach. You know, it's where dirt meets water. What are you talking about? Now? <laughs> my, and my favorite bit is, and that's why I can relate to Bill so much. It's like I got an imagination and a bathtub. I, I'm staying in this summer. <clears throat> That's that that way I can listen to music I like. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, like uh, pe- he's jealous. He said like I'm so jealous. People are tan. They got white teeth. I got tan teeth and white skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I take my shirt off, it's like a prism, <laughs> you know. Still, put your shirt on. We can't find our towels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, we are taking a short musical break, and after that, Joshua, take me. 
is the movie from 1991 we are going to review. <laughs> Awkward pauses throughout the episode, so see yes. you after see you after a short musical break. Yeah, I'm gonna do it 30 times. Like if it amuses <laughs> me, I'm gonna do it. It's funny once, Ken. No, not really funny once even, but uh... now it's getting scary. Welcome back. And first review of the Christmas special. It involves Charlie Cho. He's in both movies, not as a lead, but he's in it and he's making the best of uh, his appearances. And the first of those appearances is in the 1991 movie Take Me, which is a fantastic English title. Uh, just, you know, on Front Street. Like, what is it about? Like, look at the title, dude. No. Take me. Oh. Sex. 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 <laughs> so Veronica Yip plays Milk. But she's called the Milky, or Busts, or just Breasts, by her friend. <laughs> Sometimes they call me Busts, or Breasts. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's what she opens the movie with. She talks to us, she breaks the fourth wall, and tells us the tale of losing her husband, played by Hoi Siu Hong, a veteran Milky Way performer later in his career. Uh, on uh, their wedding night, he dies due to a heart attack out of lust and excitement, so they never get to consummate the marriage. Uh, but he comes back immediately as a ghost. Immediately. So it's like no downtime or anything. And no, no really a decomposed corpse or anything because he just comes back. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> uh, he watches her trying to find a new man in her life, but she's juggling several, uh, i.e., uh, well, two. Two is several in this case. You know, the second one, which is the first boyfriend she had after her husband, is Ronald, played by Ng Sing Fat, a very infrequent actor. And the third one that comes on, on to the scene and onto her radar is Painter Y, played by Ken Tong. But like, first when I saw him in the glasses, like, is that Francis? Mm? Like, can I get a clear shot of him? And after a while, no, that is Ken Tong. Uh, but it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me because. Uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll take that. It wouldn't surprise me and continue that in a little bit. But uh, uh, finish off the plot first. Painter Y comes onto, onto the scene. Shenanigans ensue. Naked ones. <laughs> Naked shenanigans, yes. And, uh, so um, we'll, we'll get to uh, the connection to Francis Zoom in a little bit. But first off, brief opinion from you, Joshua. What did you think of Take Me? Lots of fun. It's uh, goofy as hell. The plot is threadbare. It's just... But, you know, it's a lot of uh, titty jokes and fun stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a silly category free sex comedy that could only work at this time, early 90s. Could work in 93 as well. But, and it's easy to deconstruct as a bad fear, but you shouldn't because it's very light, it's fun, it's very naked. And Charlie Show, as a human dick, <laughs> is worth the price of admission alone. And we'll talk of what that all means. And uh, uh, it's Charlie Show as human dick and playing with toys. <laughs> a two-scene cameo for the, for the ages. It's legendary. And food. 
And food, yes. This is directed by Cha Chun Yi, whose movies have really become a mainstay on this show. Uh, this was the man behind The Rapist, um, based on a real crime. We talked of, uh, like, uh, 2012, Legal Innocence, which was the second movie. Uh, we, we talked of Remains of, of a Woman and Legal Innocence is one ep- in one episode, and both of them were based on the same uh, real-life crime. We also talk of... Um, a couple of movies that were The Misadventures of Fooling and the second one in that uh, trio, uh, trio five, six, two, was Secret Lover starring Xing Fuyan. Very funny movie. And he's also acclaimed, a acclaimed director of triad satires uh, such as Once Upon a Time in Triad Society 1 and 2. And the connection there, because he had Francis M in a lot of his movies. And I thought, like, hey, is this, like, the first time they got together? That guy kind of looks like Francis. Um, no, that is Ken Tong, isn't it? So that's why I uh, I was excited for a bit. I don't dislike Ken Tong, but it would be cool if their, like, collaboration started with this Category 3 sex movie. That was Cha Chun Yi's first Category 3 movie. When he puts on those glasses, man, the, the sunshades, yeah, he looks just like him. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and a very expre- a very expressive too. I'm not um, used to Ken Tong being that expressive, uh, but but as I said, not at all like the greatest fan. But I don't dislike him. Uh, normally, like pretty stoic. But uh, he's Chachun Ye is almost like an old friend of the show, but <sighs> not really a friend. Not like we know him or anything. And he he's he'd probably be disgusted. You know, hearing people bringing up these movies like I was broke, <laughs> it was I like, had to find work. It was either titty movies, exploitation movies, or sucking dick for cash, and I chose movies. <laughs> I had a coke habit. Jesus, I told a movie producer that, and you know he didn't fuck my mouth, so he just gave me money <laughs> to make a movie. So, so I did. I got some <laughs> the mileage out of it, you know. <laughs> Still a working director, so he was a working director before I worked at Shaw Brothers and stuff like that. So, uh, but if I don't know if you remember, there was certainly a comedy skill present in Cha Chun Yi's uh, movies, but a visual skill as well. I mean, I'm sure like distant memories of the rape business, like the it was very gritty and very visually interesting with these flickering, flickering hallway lights and what have you, which doesn't sound revolutionary, but Cha Chun Yi had a, like a knack for this. It's not present here though. No, comedy skill kind of is, but it's uh, his better movies were. They came later, you know, uh, and the visual skill isn't called for here, really, because it's a pretty, like, straight, flat, fun, category three sex movie starring Veronica Yip, and that's all the work you kind of need to do. Like, here, here, here's Milky. Shoot, shoot Veronica and it'll be fine. And, uh, Veronica, though, or Ronnie, Ronnie Yip, she went on to acclaim as an actress and shortly after this uh, showed, and, uh, like, that's, that acting skill, it, took only a year for her to like get in a vehicle that wasn't category three that called for her acting skills and there was glimpses in these movies of hey I think there's a there's an actress there. You know, she's very obviously gorgeous, even glamorous looking. And eventually got to couple that with uh, skill. But this was in nineteen ninety one was a time where the category three comedy and nudity loomed. I mean the high point is 93 to 95, but it was already starting in 91. In 91, we had Temptation Summary 2, for instance, the, the comedy about making Category 3 movies that we talked of on the show. Uh, so there you go. I had to pause the movie when we first, when, when we hear Veronica Gibbs' first dialogue. Like, it sets the tone. I'm like, hi, I'm Milky. I, I'm called Milk. 
cold milky, cold busts, or just breasts, 5%. And when she said, like, or just breasts, it's, it's not even even a nickname. It's like, yeah. we're going to call you what we know you have, breasts. Yeah, titties. Hey, titties, get over here. Like, what? We're not going to tone this down at all. We're not going to, you know, hide it in subtlety. We're going to just call you by the one thing that we look at when we see you. Obviously, Veronica had pronounced, uh, still does probably pronounce the breast and what have you, but it's not like it was, you know, cleavage galore or anything. Yeah, that's one funny thing about the movie is, like, you know, through most of it, she's, like, wearing sundresses and things like that, but nothing usually that really puts emphasis on her breasts. It's not like, you know, not like Amy Yip or anything like that in this. Exactly, and um, it's not, not like Amy Yip's career was a completely bad one compared to Veronica, but uh, you, you, it, they still, like, the selling point was this. Even in Pretty Woman, the other movie from 1991 with Veronica, it's not like, you know, first scene is her leaning in to the frame, like, hey, check them out, breasts. It, it's not even that, so they, that, that, that's even an action movie. Charlie Show is in it, and I think he fires, like, automatic machine guns and crap like that in Pretty Woman, too. And it's a uh, comedy, uh, or dopey office comedy. It has a rapist plot in it, too. So it's a Hong Kong movie, all right. Just like this one is, because it also is a ghost movie, and they, I, I don't get tired of that at all. These uh, elements in one, you know what I mean? Um, that, that I, rather, I'm delighted that, oh, my God, he died. Hey, he's a ghost. Awesome. <laughs> and he can be in it, therefore. Like, it's not only a cameo by Hoi Su Hong. And um, he, he, he got a good gig, you know, first scene with Veronica after he does muster up energy to uh, to engage in the wedding night, you know. Uh, because Veronica has a couple of uh, outfits prepared for him, you know, and just satisfying a male audience, male cinematic audience too. So. Oh, Lord. Any spontaneous memories about uh, the outfits that she... Um, uh, that she displays for him. You know, <clears throat> I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that she dresses up like a nurse mm-hmm. and says, "Doctor, the nurse forgets how to inject. Teach." That <laughs> <laughs> you can use on girls, dude. I, I, <laughs> hey, I've forgotten how to inject. Can you like teach me? Like, you don't need to be. You don't need to be dressed up like a female nurse. Like, just hey, <laughs> look, I got this needle. I don't know what to do with it. You can teach me how to inject. And the subtitle, what is the subtitle? Doctor, I've forgotten how to inject. Teach me. Doctors, and then he says, Doctor's syringe is rust. Exactly. It should be bust, but rust is fucking hilarious. Uh, I don't know what it's supposed to be. He didn't want to have sex, so... It's it's, uh, it's, uh, a bit pooped after carrying her uh, over the threshold and what have you. Lazy bastard. (laughs) It's Ronnie. She's a nurse. She's a cheerleader, and she's a policewoman. You're know, woof. What it probably is, he was probably in, a, in congestive heart failure at the time, and we just didn't know it. Look at that man bringing reality to this comedy, so to say, comedy <laughs> show. Well, I think his actual condition was a very serious one that we all should take it take into consideration. Like, had she not been so focused on having sex with him, and actually, you know, maybe palpated his uh, lower extremities she'd have found that okay I'm done <laughs> he dies and he comes back and he's all in his uh, like tucks throughout the movie so it's like yeah, one wardrobe for Hoi Su Hong rather than he's not he, he's not coming back as a ghost where he's like carrying chains and his clothes are torn like oh, I'm a ghost the funny thing about that is like I think it shows probably the budget for the movie because it's like 
I could be wrong on this. I could, I'd have to go through it again. But while I was watching, I was just taking note that uh, he it, he the actor is only present while in this set. You know, while at the apartment or whatever. Throughout the rest of the movie, like when they go back to uh, you know Wise apartment or whatever, when and then the ghost follows them there or whatever, and he's like slapping the hand and stuff like that. Well, it's all an invisible ghost and stuff like that. Yeah. So it looks to me like they had maybe one day with this uh, awesome apartment to shoot their movie, and so they just shot all the footage with him there, one one costume, and then like later you also which I, I don't want to talk too much about it right now but like the uh the guys that end up you know fighting with ronald and everything the big chase scene and stuff like that those guys are also in this one uniform throughout the rest of the movie you know you you're absolutely i think you're spot on it's the way hong kong movies work then they could execute you know if they had lots to shoot they, they could do it you know to 20 hour day if need be you know and some actors big time actors were totally on board with this i think uh you know, uh, various filmmakers making Category 3 movies and all to have worn out Simon Yam and Andy Lau and Giant Fat, but they were still, like, appearing in tons of movies and not burning themselves out. It, work, man. Work. You gotta go where the work is. You know, is it a sex movie? Is it a g- gigolo movie? Cool. I, I, I get to you know, bed a beautiful girl, but you have to work 22 hours uh, uh, with, uh, like, 10 minutes of sleep. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Jeez. So, uh, there you go. And 1991 also was when Charlie, Charlie Cho, Cho Charlie, you know, have you ever like even looked at his Chinese name and realized that that's where they got the English name from? No, Cho <laughs> Charlie, Charlie. It's not clever, but it's amazing at the same time. Like, it's perfect. Like when they, uh, there's a couple of actresses called uh, Lily Lee, whose uh, Chinese name is Lee, Lee, Lee. <laughs> so it, it, the full name is Lily, Lee, 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 I think. <laughs> I'm always confused. You know, why not? Uh, but this was the year when Charlie, anyway, more frequently started to dip his dick into these movies. <laughs> Not seat, but dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd, been, he'd been a working actor mostly in comedies up until, up until this point. In 1991, he had appearances in uh, the uh, ghost uh, movie. It's a period ghost movie, Lu Jai, Home for the Intimate Ghosts. And even classier looking fair, but still sleazy movies, but not so much his role. Uh, he was in a movie called Golden Lotus Love and Desire. That was by veteran director Lee Han Shang. So it's, it looks pretty gorgeous and it's, uh, not, it's more still that movie compared to these wacky, wacky comedies. Uh, but uh, this is an early role in uh, Take Me, and he's most unusual. He's not Boss Charlie, like, milking his secretary's breasts or anything. You know, they got a milky in this movie, but they don't do that. Which I was going to say, like, <laughs> False Lady came later, right? So do you think they stole Milka from uh, this? Possibly, yeah. I think False Lady was, like, a year after. So whole Ho- fun, the producer, anyway. Uh, I don't remember the director's name now. Probably, hey, missed opportunity. We're putting that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not Boss Charlie here. But what is he? Human dick, we've said. But what is human dick about, Joshua? What is human dick about? I don't. I mean, uh, he's the shittiest, uh, like uh, stripper gram, I guess, is what he is. Like, uh, it's so bizarre. I, I mean, like, even in my notes, I'm like, I don't think I understood this joke. But like, <laughs> I think it's still vintage Charlie. Like, uh, he, he's in a box. Uh, They're having a party for Veronica. You have to kind of, like, um, get her onto the scene again, you know, and get over the death of her husband, like, last uh, last week. 
last week. Man, he's been dead for 24 hours. You need to start fucking. So they they undo the present, undo the bow tie on it, and here comes Charlie. He's, like, wearing a uh, cap, uh, no shirt, uh, wearing some, uh, uh, like, a Speedo-type deal, and has, like, two balls attached to his feet. Like, not, like, balls as in, like, looking Giant like Giant Christmas decorations. Like, like yeah, ja- like, not even, like, there's nothing, I mean, he says, like, they're like, so what is it? And it's the human dick. And I'm like, he doesn't, like, have a, a penis head on or anything like that. It's the most low-budget giant penis you've ever seen. It's just, like, use your imagination time. And he pops around the room, like, and people run away. As soon as they touch him, he wakes up, obviously. Like, only with, with a little touch, then human dick wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he uh you know goes hopping around and then he spits out fake cum all over the carpet and he says hey i've finished disguising his dick now <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like he does this for 20 minutes like uh no uh, no he, he's done pretty quickly he's chasing he chases the girls around and then like um chachuni cuts to essentially him like spitting milk out of his mouth but, <laughs> i'm done <laughs> I hope it was cheap because that didn't last for long, you know. You guys paid for this, but uh, yeah, I'm not hopping around the complete room, just like six foot of it. And he doesn't like walk up to Veronica like, "Hey, congratulations!" and <laughs> 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 spits in her face or anything. He just does it by himself, kind of over himself, and then he's done. It's like you know, almost like he just snuck himself in there or something like that. It's like, what the? Fuck? Somebody paid for this. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, that birthday scene turns turn, uh, birthday party uh, turns into an orgy, uh, which is. Uh, but, but Veronica is not engaging in, in anyone because she uh, she doesn't feel like him. Aww. you know, <laughs> she she isn't uh, getting over the death of her husband uh, that easily. But you got a, a Western girl or a Eurasian girl in here. Um, actress is called Maria Tungling, which depending on the viewer you are, is a horrible influence on Veronica Yip's. Uh, mm-hmm. Like journey because this character is a free spirit and encourages essentially to be a slut. It's the nineties. Use your vagina. You must have sex with everything. Everything. This girl does, you know. They um, Veronica Yip finds her in the shower, and it's such a lame joke, but it's also very funny. Uh, he finds her in the shower, like, "Hey, what are you doing here? Get out!" And then there's like a parade of eight guys that walk out of the shower after her as well so she's been in one shower with with eight guys and uh, it's the 90s she can she can do it she has the stamina to do this in such a small space too so she was like you slept with six guys and and, then she's like not all at once i finished each one individually (laughs) like so the guys were just like standing in a line you can imagine that, indeed. And, but uh, I'm, I'm not judging the character. She ca- kind of tweaks her uh, the, like uh, view on life a little bit, but it's um, it, it's an interesting, like, this is what you should do. Listen to me. Uh, Veronica doesn't necessarily do that. She has a boyfriend at this point that uh, that couldn't make the birthday party. It's called Ronald. Uh, and I say it like that because they, they pronounce it in, in, with a Chinese uh, accent, his English name. Ronald. Ronald. And he arrives, and he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a fool. He uh, he does try and stand up to 
you know, a pair of robbers, uh, if you will. Uh, but uh, and the robbers, uh, one of them is played by Ridley Choi, stuntman and actor and director, who dresses like Mario for some reason. Mario out of Super Mario Brothers. You know, I was wondering if that was intentional or not, because they kind of fucked up. Like, one of them's red, and he's got the overalls, and he's got, like, red underneath. And then the other one's, like, kind of bluish. Like, instead of green, like the straight-up Luigi green. I, I think they had ideas individually. Like, Ridley uh, chose to, hey, I know about Mario Brothers. I think I have something here that'll, that'll, that'll fit. And they come back the, into the movie later on as well, so they're like a recurring joke. These mm-hmm. two robbers that turn up... Uh, Everywhere, and I, I love a little beat here. Um, there, there's no fight scene here, but Ronald chases them, and they're all exhausted and what have you. And he starts as soon as he catches them, finally, to dictate fighting terms. No spitting, no groin shots, no kicking, no phone calls for instructions. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> you, you can't call a buddy, right? You can't use your lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> no phone a friend. And then, do you remember after he's dictated all his terms, what the robbers did? Uh, right after that? Almost everything he said not to do. <laughs> Groin shot, headbutt, you know. It is spitting know. in his face. It spit in his face. And then, of course, they throw him uh, over the pier. And this led to, like, the most confusion for me while watching the movie. Okay, they throw him over this pier or whatever, and Ronald's out there, and he's, like, sinking and blah, blah, blah. And then we cut away from that, and we continue on with the story. Well... In most, you know, category three movies, you expect that kind of a joke, you know? Yeah, okay, ha-ha, he, he's got through into the water, he can't swim, blah, blah, blah. But you don't think necessarily that characters die from that. And so, like, for the next ever so many minutes or whatever that they go, they don't really explicitly talk much about the fact that Ronald's not around anymore. And it's because Ronald is supposedly dead. They think so at the time. And I was like, holy shit, you know, when I finally figured it out, like, oh, he died from that? <laughs> exactly. I was I was so confused. And, uh, yeah, but, like, next scene is, an, uh, I think the same robbers turn up again, and that's where we we, mm-hmm. we meet Y and Veronica is there as well. Like, bad luck galore. And uh, at uh, one point, not at one point, what happens is that the robbers tie Ken Tong's character naked to Veronica Ip's character, who's also naked, and they're tied together, and that's how they meet, which is kind of a not sweet, but almost human scene, uh, because he obviously can't, he, he's not a, a creep or anything, but he obviously senses that he is tied to a beautiful girl and tries not to look, and um, they, uh, they actually fall onto a sofa at one point, and uh, rubbing against her actually makes him uh, ejaculate. We don't see that on screen, but uh, it, and he does that pretty quickly as well. Like he's done pretty quickly. The, the, the friction causes him to causes, causes him to come. So it's like that's an introduction <laughs> to two two characters that actually start to like each other uh, post this scene. You know, he's a, he's a painter. Why? He's a kind of out of work painter. He's a struggling uh, painter. And for a while, they they look like they're they have a natural kind of kindness between them. But why is a tricky little character because he's a bit forceful in his ways when they meet in a later scene where he wants to paint her. Like I want to paint you, gonna paint you, get naked. And she she that's a, I posted this cap on Facebook by the way. Uh, he asks her to take a close up and uh, and uh, she uh, unbuttons one button on her shirt and he says 
uh, in the subtitles, it says bottom means nude. B-O-T-T-O-N, not bottom. Bot- uh, or, or, or button, rather. So it's, it's, it's bottom instead of button means nude. I don't think that means that at all. <laughs> so, but she, she, she's kind of hesitant, and uh, but, but she does it, and we get some uh, bizarre painting scene, which I'm sure you have a note or two on, because he uh, he he uses um, he doesn't use uh, canvas necessarily. He uses uh, Veronica Yip as a canvas. Whether this is his first time or not, I don't know. But this is what happens. But any spontaneous notes on his artistry in this scene? Fucking weird. <laughs> Like, no idea what he's doing. Like, everything else he does is all on canvas work and stuff like that. And when it comes time for her, he just starts literally dumping dumping, uh, buckets of paint on her body. It starts kind of like he pours it, like, carefully. And after a while, it just is dumping stuff on her. It looks, and also, it's not like they are striking colors all over her when they're all mashed up. It looks like she's covered in ketchup and mustard. Basically. Was this also the scene where he put something over her head or whatever and started, like, spraying her with, like, uh, like, fucking paint inside of, like, little... God, I forgot about that. I'm not sure. Jeez. So he... And and he gets a little into it, like, oh, yeah, no, no. I gotta, like, keep the artist artist frame of mind going. So he's almost like, yeah, I'm I'm horny now, you know, but, uh, no, no. Stop out of it. Uh, so it's just a, a random paint job, and I don't know what the purpose is. They, they have sex in the bathroom afterwards after he, um, she showers it off. Uh, so, so it's Veronica's character kind of getting out of her comfort zone, because this is obviously she she reacts a little bit too. Like, what is it with this guy? Well, hey, it's a guy. I can fall in love. La, 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 la. And she does really quickly. She, like, yeah. bags the next guy. And remember, kids... Ronald, that guy, presumably drowned. It's not like she sits there mulling over. Oh God, I can't engage in this uh, after Ronald's passing. I mean, no, <laughs> Ronald is out of the picture, like mentally out of her head completely. This is the second man to end her life that has died in a traumatic way. Probably in the span of like a week or a couple of days. Too. <laughs> you think she'd be a little more broken up about it? Yeah. Uh, but she, um, she, she's uh, at one point she pretends. She isn't rich, and then she has to say she is rich. So, you there's the theme there. Can they still love each other despite this dishonesty? I'm not talking about it like it is a deep aspect of the movie, but that's what they're trying to kind of say here in this breezy, pretty basic, silly romance, softcore porno. You yeah. know, and they, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, um, it's she, she falls in love very, very quickly just because. Uh, well, he's got a dick. That's fine. <laughs> And she, she ne- she's never vocal about it that way. Like, I love dick, I love dick. Oh, I want a stick. She just kind of just falls in love with the first best person, you know, the first one she sees. Is. She falls in love with a guy who prematurely ejaculates on her while tied together during a robbery. The thing also is, yeah, that's that's clever. That's, uh, that's, that, that's like going with lust first rather than love, which is not the way to do it, kids. Go with love first and last second, you know, on a serious She note. wasn't even like, and it wasn't, she wasn't impressed during that scene or anything. No, She's, no, really. She acts like, ah, oh, ketchup and mustard. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the thing is, you, you, you've seen a fair few, like, comedies from this time, you know, whether it's 1991 right. and 1993. And I think, if you think that if they would have tried to make this today, it would have been more of a forced thing. Right. In 1991, it felt like, 
much of a more natural thing to do a basic silly one you know that energy that they could conjure up at least in our eyes felt natural within the cinema of hong kong at this time and, and it would feel more forced at this time i granted the 33d invader had plenty of fun moments but also felt a little bit like it is trying to be 1993 in 2011 or whatever that that was made take me if it's into this mode where it couldn't have been made in late 90s and certainly not now. You know what I mean? It, 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 it has an energy about it. Yeah, obviously I even made a note about it. It's just there's this weird rhythm to these older uh, sex comedies. You know, it's like a, it's an episodic type deal where the narrative's not always the strongest aspect. And really, you know, you get the feeling that they're were a group of people going, you know, oh, you know it would be a really funny idea? And then they shoot that scene, and they're just like, okay, we'll find some way to horseshoe this into the plot, you know? And and that's normally the entire movie, what that is. Just a bunch of scenes that somehow loosely get tied together, and that, that's what it is, you know? Through her speaking to the camera, kind of, in this movie, like, uh, well, now, here I am again, and let's continue the story a little bit. Like, uh, she, She's a slight narrator of the film. When we get to the next movie and we talk, talk about Bat Show and stuff like that, perfect example of something that just has nothing to do with the actual <laughs> plot or the rest of the movie or anything, just being, sh- you know, just shoehorned in there. Like, okay, this is, I've got this funny idea, we're going to put it in the movie. And that's exactly what they did. Absolutely, absolutely, 100% spot on. Uh, Ronald comes back. They presume Ronald died. And this is when the movie starts going into fast territory, which is uh, hit and miss, but overall still, you know, thanks to game performers, even if not uh, totally talented comedic performers, this triangular farce gets you through the movie quite easily. I mean, they, they really start to aim for... When Ronald comes back, he's, he's, he was saved by, like, refugees or something like that. So he didn't drown. Right? But, uh, so he comes back, and she's already decided on that. She loves why. I love him. <laughs> We've known each other for 48 hours. And moved him into your house. Exactly. That, now, exactly. They're living together now, and uh, everything's fine. But uh, Ronald comes back. And there's an... They don't touch upon this much, but there's... Uh, conscious overacting side of the movie, especially for Ronald, like when he finds out that Milky has another man, he turns to the camera all distraught, all theatrical, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it, it doesn't really work if you look at it uh, because he's not a very funny performer, but it's part of this overall sense that hey, I don't mind it. It's a it's a fun farce mixed with all the nudity and silly go, uh, silly gags and hey, why not? You know, go for it. Uh, so it's a manic style, but not necessarily one where you sit like in there, roll on the floor laughing or anything. Um, I've I've seen it done better, and I've seen obviously Chat Chun Yi do better. You know, Secret Lover. I remember so 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 much fun. So it's an early like example of. Uh, trying to do a manic comedy and farce here and the farce that includes like hiding you know the men from each other you know in closets and uh, locking them into rooms and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think veronica is because she's the center of this she, she does a pretty decent job of trying to juggle this as a performer too and at one point she admits but this is a lie that she doesn't live there She's a mm. Filipino maid, and I love the dialogue of, I know I don't look like one, <laughs> but I totally am. 
Of course, the dude falls for it. Exactly, because she's obviously she's uh, she's uh, she's breasts. She's breasts. You know, she's busts. There's not a lot of style here either, as I said. You know, I, I, the most style that Chad Junior provides is uh, I always kind of hate it in these scenes where. I, uh, where in sex scenes where they at one point they bump into a light that keeps swinging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, for seemingly forever. You know, the cycle of swinging back and forth while they're having sex, it keeps, you know, it's like a, it's like one of those like, um, uh, thing, uh, that you use, uh, at a piano, like to keep ribbon or what have you. What's that called? Like dick, 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 uh, whatever. So that that's that, that's one example of like okay basic style, and another one one is when, for some reason, the uh, Ronald and Veronica sex scene takes place in what looks like a kitchen that has a copying machine as well. <laughs> Which you would okay? Did they go into an office space? But it, it's someone's house, I think, that has a copying machine, and I know an for a industrial, fact, industrial yes, exactly. size co- copy machine. Like, not one you find at the house, like one of the ones that you see in an office that you can sit on, you know. Because obviously there, there comes the joke, you know. Exactly. There's, uh, there's some printouts of uh, of uh, Veronica's crack, <laughs> you know, dropping on the floor and what have you. And also they, they keep that copying machine in the foreground in one scene so it lights up the frame, you know, as, it, uh, as the light uh, cr- uh, goes across the glass and what have you. Uh, so, you know, there it is. It's not like it's the start of Cha Chun-Yi's stylistic traits or what have you. It, it, it's, a, it's a brief idea in the moment, too, I think. And that's also a problem. And filler is a theme in this podcast. That's the first scene where I felt like now they're filling the movie with sex. Now they're stalling yeah. the movie for a sex scene. It does involve main characters, but clearly it's a slow sex scene. Da, 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 da. Okay, it's move it along. Motion. And it's not like the high; it's the highest grade erotica with it we've ever seen. Either they try. No. I almost dreamed of that the movie would have a dark climax because at one point in his uh, sleep, uh, Wise says that I will kill you if you leave me. <laughs> and I was all, I was almost thinking like if I know my Hong Kong movies right, it's gonna be a dark ending to this movie. <laughs> uh, but 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 it doesn't. It doesn't come. So it it, it remains a farce throughout the movie. And never any uh, like affecting romance, but it it never really aims for that either. It's a, it's a farce that uh, involves many fun subtitles, many fun uh, you know expected gags of hard on hard on gags we get here as well because oh, yeah. Ronald sprays his dick with um, erotic oil, and uh, then uh, he uh, doesn't get to have sex, and he desperately needs to needs to. Get it back, you know. <laughs> you know, wants it to soften again, but the product is called erotic oil, super hard. <laughs> it's the category of erotic oil that means you'll get super hard. You know, there's probably mild, medium, hard, <laughs> but he got super hard. And uh, I've never understood if this product was real or not because this is pre Viagra, uh, and I never looked into it uh, such either. So. <laughs> Uh, but okay, that's that, that, that's kind of the movie. We, we'll probably talk a little bit of uh, how the movie plays out towards the latter half. But Charlie has two scenes in this movie. What does he do in the second scene, Joshua? Fucking shows up during another one of uh, the parties thrown up, uh, thrown by uh, by the main protagonist's like slutty friend, and uh, we get to see Charlie do some really nasty ass stuff with a banana. 
Well, 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 remember how it started that scene, how we let into the scene with the action figure. Oh, my God, yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, Charlie has this girl splayed out uh, on the kitchen floor, and he's using... He has one of those, like, little G.I. Joes that sit there and, like, crawl in the prone position, like, by itself. You know, kind of, like, wiggles forward while, like, a light sprays out of its head, and, like, I think it might even be saying some stuff, but it's, like mechanically walking towards this girl's vagina. Yep. <laughs> and Charlie, Charlie is like doing this guttural, like giggling. <laughs> doing like that. He is so stoked. Oh my he is God. delighted that he came up with this, probably. <laughs> I got alternate usage for my kids' toys. Like, what does this do for you, man? Like, at best, it like graces her panties. I mean, it's, it's not like it's not like it's gonna run up her vagina right. because it's a slow toy it's gonna touch the pants and then stay there like oh god and he uh, even uh, you know proclaims to her or asks her because he's so delighted that he came up with this is my army powerful <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i don't know about that and you're right, the stupid sex grunts and grinning is part of my notes, and that, that, that's what he does. I've never met a man that is so in love with sex like Charlie is on screen anyway. Like, it's almost like he he's one step away from howling at the moon. That's how much he really is. is. He's, of course, wearing a multicolored, like, uh, Hawaiian t-shirt type deal, too, because it just wouldn't be Charlie without that. <laughs> it looks like... No, no sex appeal whatsoever, but still sex appeal somehow in, in the fictional world, you know. And I don't remember, I've never seen Nine and a Half Weeks. I've only seen the Hot Shots parody of the uh, food, food, sex, fridge scene in Nine and a Half Weeks. Same thing. Exactly. I think they're essentially the same thing. They are playing with food in Nine and a Half Weeks, too, I, I assume, anyway. And that's probably what they're referencing here as well. What do you think? Uh, probably. It was, like, during the early 90s, that was, like, a hot uh, topic, you know? They even talked about sex and food on, like, uh, Seinfeld back in the day. Mm -hmm. The 90s, it was all about, you know, mixing in food somehow. And they just do it in a really weird way in this movie. I don't think even fucking Paul Verhoeven would have been able to shoot the sexy (laughs) food scene, because I'm not judging anyone. Because uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's weird. Eating an egg off someone, you know, after you crack the egg uh, with a yolk and what have you, uh, that is sexy. It's like, okay, look, you've got a banana. Like, what is the easiest thing? I mean, to see, that's the easiest thing you could do to make sexy. You know, you've got a girl there and you've got phallic. a banana. Huh? It's phallic. It is it's phallic, it is. exactly. What are eggs? It's, They're not phallic. It's so easy. So what do you do with that? Oh, I'll tell you what you do. You fucking crush it in your hands and then pour the banana juice on ah, people. What? I like a banana as much as any any other Absolutely. person. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to to have a meal. <laughs> I don't need any potassium. I'm good. <laughs> and when he drops the egg inside of her little um, one-piece uh, underwear, you know, it's a, it's not only a bra, but it's a one-piece kind of thing, and crushes it underneath it. It's not messy in a sexy way at all. Oh, my God. But but I love it that Charlie is... He, 
did it so we can have this scene. You know, it's not the most com- common Charlie Chow sex scene out there. Normally it's just him. Hi, I'm Boss Charlie. You're my secretary. Let's fuck. Like, and then run around in my underwear. And that's that. That was my cameo. See you guys. But here it's, wow, we got this too. Ingrained in our minds. Hey, he sits there and like cracks an egg over her shoulder and then licks it. Ugh. Oh, God. Um, right on where he said, well, dark sexuality has a place in this movie. And mm-hmm. it turns out that the husband, the ghost husband, is a pervert. Uh, I wouldn't say pervert. People people engage in, uh, in uh, rape play uh, that they both agree to engage in. And just to set it up, it, it happens in this movie. A pretty dark-ass scene uh, involving rape play. She says, let's play raping. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the Part of the context here is like uh, the Maria Tungling character, the slutty character, has brought in girls to uh, kind of uh, test the men. The husband is apparently not really satisfied that there will be new men in her life after all. So he possesses both husbands, including Ken Tong. And Ken Tong, but with, who is possessed by the ghost, engages in a pretty darkly, you know, erotic rape play scene as shot and performed. With a knife that looks really, really dull. It's a butter knife. So they, they, <laughs> they know they're playing because that butter knife at one point gets slided. Uh, she, I think she even slides that in between her legs. Right, and masturbates with it. I wouldn't say it's an unsuccessful scene, but... I was not very comfortable with it because it goes from this light aura, which let's say is zero on the scale of like percentage, which, okay, we, we know the level we're acting at. Phew, up to 100. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. And uh, it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, uh, it, it never turns into actual rape. I think throughout, she, it is all about pleasure. And she's uh, this girl that... Uh, Tempts, uh, tempts uh, Ken Tong's character only with the ghost inside of him is uh, is into it and what have you. Not seen that in a Hong Kong movie actually, where it's actual actual play. Normally, you know, it's rape scenes and uh, which is um, you know the crime of rape rather than a sex act. So there, there you go. It's also unfortunately clearly uh, another filler scene. Yeah, ninety minutes is sometimes uh, forced upon us. And this movie, certainly the other movie, could be 70 minutes without us really noticing. Right. Yeah, we, we get two sex scenes back-to-back, basically, that were pretty unnecessary. Yeah, so, so it's only like you, you can recognize them within the movie and kind of talk of what they're doing within the scene, but for the movie, it doesn't do a lot of good. But again, the movie is fun. It carries that throughout, you know, from the beginning to the end. And... Uh, no one really pops in terms of a comedic performer other than Charlie, I suppose. But uh, I, I do like it all throughout the end. I especially love the dual chase with uh, with the robbers that come uh, coming yeah. to the scene again. It turns into a cartoon because they one at one point they jump onto a plank that acts as a seesaw. So one character gets fl- flung into the air. Ridley Choi again, the Mario of the two rob- robbers, now has added a stars and stripes long sleeve shirt to his combo. Which is still not Mario. 
She's still got the overalls, so. though. Yep, yep. So he's, he's, I, I think Ridley was going for that, and I think he was uh, doing that. that. That was an individual costume choice. Uh, um, so, I don't know. It's a, it's a search for love, and it's a search for not just climax but uh, and excitement, but also, you know, love. And uh, we get a final loss last slow motion sex scene that isn't necessary either we kind of want the movie to finally finally end because we've we've had our fun there's nothing really to dislike here as such joshua i mean you can deconstruct it but you know i i, I can never dislike this right i mean if you actually try to look at like the logistics of the actual plot and you try to figure all that stuff out then you're gonna have a bad time because that's not the sort of movie but you know it is kind of just it is kind of what it is it's it's a goofy sex comedy you take it for what it is and you know you can have a lot of fun uh, I, i'm pretty sure you haven't seen uh, uh, anyway a lot of her actual acclaimed work as an actress but based on this alone can you see there's something in veronica yip that's probably going to work for a mainstream audience because she isn't this random chick they put in a category three movie she has, she has to look anyway and a glam glamorous look in my eyes yeah, I think she carried the movie well, well enough. Uh, her breasts aren't as pronounced as uh, they make it out to be, but hey, you know, it's all right. Exactly. It doesn't like it's it's not an Amy Yip like size uh, size thing here. Her uh, Veronica Yips, as far as I know, are natural, so they look natural anyway. They do look natural, and and they never like uh, get them out at the top of the movie, like just to hey hey we promised they'll be here like hey here they are you know it takes like half a movie before it does I, I counted 44 minutes before we actually there saw you them. go good man good man you, you, you still have your podcast uh, podcast experience like I better write this down it's important 44 not even like uh, roughly half the movie but nope 44 because 44, <laughs> I was I was watching and I'm like has she got naked yet she hasn't what the fuck yeah so and then finally when they popped up I was like oh there's the boobs there right. There's what I've been looking for. And they were fabulous. <laughs> Sli- Sli- slight Seinfeld reference there. Was that the term Ter- Terry Hatcher used? Fabulous? Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, they're real and they're spectacular. Spectacular, that's it. Good man. That's what I think it was. Seinfeld historian and sleaze podcaster. <laughs> Great Lord Joshua Regal. Yes. And delightfully so, the movie ends on a uh, freeze frame. Rather than like... Uh, like walking out, uh, walking away in the sunset, what have you? Nope, freeze frame. <laughs> to very Wong Jing, uh, who, who does it the best, I think. Uh, it's the most calculated in Wong Jing's movies. Like you can almost go three, two, one, now. <laughs> and, and normally someone jumping into the air and shouting and being afraid of something or ashamed of something, like no. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, as for availability, not that easy to get a hold of anymore. Uh, this uh, Take Me, that is, was an Ocean Shores title in Hong Kong. It was released on VHS, Laserdisc, and even DVD. And we watched the latter, uh, got a copy of the DVD. As is fairly often the case with Ocean Shores, unfortunately, footage and censorship varied from format to format. And the Laserdisc and DVD editions are cut in some sex scenes. There are actually a lot of audio jumps on the soundtrack. And it's possibly to cut around uh, for some reason. This is not a problem with sensors, but it's possible to cut around pubic hair. Uh, there's a lot of like, you, I can hear those jumps, and it was not like there's no violence in between here. There's certainly no like extreme sex in here. So I think there's someone is cutting randomly here. Uh, I thought so too. 
the VHS was uncut, though, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's what happens with Ocean Shores. Didn't hinder my enjoyment of the movie. I mean, the sex scenes were there, but clearly there. I was not surprised when I read that, that other editions from Ocean Shores uh, had more footage. Uh, a mainland DVD edition from the label WA or WAH! <laughs> which should be WAAAAAA, WAH! <laughs> Uh, it was also put out, but also cut, uh, possibly even more so than we cut the uh, Ocean Shores Master. And all of other print, as far as I know, I looked in some places. So used copies of Torrance, if need be, if you're interested in Take Me, the movie. Take me. Take me, please. <laughs> really, really, pathetically. And that's the kind of guy I am. Pathetic and weird, what? Yes, indeed. Uh, alrighty, let's um, check, out, check in on other, uh, not pathetic, but or not so much weird, but more um, more shenanigans from Charlie, but more human shenanigans of Charlie's. He was a human dick in the first movie, and he's got a problem with his dick in the other movie, <laughs> which is uh, not something you should joke of uh, joke about. Uh, you know, we, we sympathize with him. You know, it's right. we f- feel for Charlie in the other side of dolls. So we'll talk of what goes on with his dick or what doesn't really uh, goes, go, go on with his dick so. uh, alrighty so let's take a break and we'll do that after that one that break have you have you, have you taken any more Yulmus or it's like never again I'll finish the bottle wait wait till your pee, pee comes out it's awesome it's black <laughs> <laughs> great that's yeah wonderful alright so what, what was it your Swedish friend made you drink uh, Yulmus is that <laughs> Yulmus? Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you right the now. Lundqvist? Like the Lundqvist label? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Grandpa Lundqvist. we got to get you into the surgery right, right away. <laughs> your, balls are, your balls are gone now, son. What? Oh. <laughs> We're taking your kidney or liver. Well. A bilateral orchiectomy. <laughs> That's what they call that when they remove both testicles. Oh, Based on Yulmus alone. So. Oh, Jesus. Welcome back to the second half of the Christmas special, our last show of 2014, therefore, and we are going to talk the other side of dolls from 1993 and plot from my review of the film concerning hostess or club girls, uh, Cindy, played by Cindy Yip, Regina, played by Lee Wai Guan, and Pauline, played by Pauline Lee. Uh, they bag themselves clients that they're drawn to and may have a future with. Uh, in particular, Regina's partner, the old-fashioned Chung, played by Lee Chung Ling from uh, False Lady, I Love Miss Fox, and Temptation Summary 2. He, he has a connection with Regina, and Pauline has a connection with Charlie, played by Charlie Cho. And we get to follow them a bit more closely. Chung, Lee Chung Ling's character, wants love than lust. Charlie wants to last longer in bed. All while the girl's boss, played by Lee Sut Yin, is using the girls as bait for a blackmailing scheme. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Oh my god. Big seven and the usual suspects twists are, you know, 
gone now. This is the twist of the century. <laughs> uh, my short opinion, director Lam Ye-hung stumbles, as clearly 90 minutes of material isn't present here. Therefore, the technically able and gorgeous sex scenes go on for ages. Then the standard template of mainland girls seeking gold in Hong Kong becomes present in the movie, but it has some new story twists that could have been snappier, but it all has. Not enough, though. A sprinkle of cute Charlie Cho madness added in a welcome manner. We talk about, we'll talk about madness. Uh, but uh, the other side of dolls actually flashes tools of creativity rarely seen in softcore porn outside of the work of director Ho Fun. So visually, it's up there. It's pretty interesting. Uh, so that's my semi-short opinion. What did you think of The Other Side of Dolls? Uh, hit and miss throughout mo- most of it. Uh, I think that the plot is a bit too convoluted for its own sake. And so, you know, even though we know plot's not a big deal, sometimes, though, you do need to at least have, like, a central character that you can go, okay, I, knew that. I know that person. I know what they're doing. A lot of times throughout the movie, I just found myself going, okay, what, the, who's, what, huh? It's a very like scattershot, uh, like uh, the, the segments, and then that plot gets revealed quite late right. that there is a blackmailing scheme at all, and why these girls are hanging out with these men at all. You know, where the other film succeeds is in the fact that they they shoehorn in their funny ideas into the plot. In this film, they don't they do the skits and stuff like that, and barely try to shoehorn any plot into the movie. Very, it's very late, if anything. Right. Yeah, and when they do have plot. It's with you know a multitude of characters and uh, it's difficult to keep up with. I found at least. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'll get to this, but even the actual blackmailing plot, I, I struggle to make sense of why. Yes. Uh, but okay, we'll get to it. The, this is directed by Lam Yi Hong. Uh, uh, this quite frequent director within the genre and the rating has shown flashes of visual and violent brilliance in movies, but is necessarily not a standout or outstanding director. But uh, credits include this one, uh, Liu Jai, Home for the Intimate Ghosts, The Woman Behind, which is uh, more of a modern modern uh, drama, with some fa- which is very bad for 90, 90% of the movie, and then has a fantastic final, violent and real, which is pretty unreal, that, how, how good it is. Uh, and he also did Erotic Ghost Story, Perfect Match, which if you will, could be considered a fourth in the Erotic Ghost Story series, but uh, that, that was never a series per se, but, uh, and it came out a few years after the initial three. Uh, but it has some stuff in it. It has got Elvis Choi and Bunny Rabbits. Okay, fucking A, the movie starts with World Perfect Production Limited doing this movie. Yay! You know, yeah. fucking A, world perfect production, you know. Why limit yourself to, you know, uh, dragon movies or golden movies? <laughs> Sorry, no, no, world perfect. And they probably only did one movie. <laughs> you can't build on perfection, Ken. So when it's perfect right out the bat, then fuck, you gotta, you gotta stop. Probably were fueled by or financed by triads or something like that. It happened in the movie industry. You know, they were there for one minute and then gone the other, so... Because uh, I've never seen it since. It's not like it's a Golden Harvest, Shaw Brothers-like famous production company or studio. Uh, and again, this movie mostly features our old friend Lee Chung Ling from various movies. I love Miss Fox and um, old friend. Again, we talked of some of his movies. It's not like we have him here in the studio. You know, <laughs> we should. Hey, Lee Chung Ling, how was it working on those movies? It's fine. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. It was a job. Did you tie that bow tie yourself in your first scene? Yeah. 
that, that's cool. Well, see ya. Can, can I have some of that Yulmust, Ken? No. <laughs> My toilet water. <laughs> so, Lee Chung Ling, I mean, here, <laughs> I love Lee Chung Ling, but he has a look about him that fits playing man childs children right. for. <laughs> You don't buy you don't buy him as the um, playboy smooth guy. No, <laughs> which makes it awesome seeing him try to be smooth and so on. But if you again, I'm not judging, but a bow tie is not necessarily like the playboy's choice of him. right. No, <laughs> it's like he's got it right off the bat. <laughs> is this is this what is this what adults do? <laughs> this is how grown-ups do stuff, right? <laughs> He tied it at least. If so, it's probably a clip-on. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, uh, if we, it's hard to like discuss this movie kind of in a linear fashion. I mean, what what it starts with is all the men and women being in the same kind of exclusive private club together and uh, introduced that way, uh, including Charlie Cho, who uh, seems to be the leader of the group because they say like, "Hey, Charlie knows. He knows the ladies." He, he knows how to bring perfect women here. And Charlie, as a matter of fact, has a problem. Uh, not with women, but, but with his peepee. And Lee Chung Ling is included in this um, as well. He's a, he's a, he's a friend, and he, he seems like reluctant to join the club at first. But apparently, yeah, as we know, he's a rich man, and he's a playboy. And it's funny as hell to see him try and act, as I said, adult and suave. I, I find it adorable, him trying on those looks like, hey, hmm. You know, and it's like eight-year-old trying to do adult things. It's wonderful. But in, in sp- sp- spontaneous thoughts on Lee Chung Ling in this movie. Oh, no, he's great. He's definitely, uh, he's trying new things. But, uh, you know, I, I still just see him as a lovable goof, no matter what he does. I mean, if, if you remember him in that movie, I think it was, oh, God damn it. They, two years ago, we did a movie called Love Something, where Charlie Cho... Uh, had a, he, he was boss Charlie in an office and he tried to get, among others, Lee Chung Ling to join him on his various like sexcapades with women. Yeah. And Lee Chung Ling was very shy and he didn't want to do it. And I, all, all I can remember is him sitting and eating his bananas. Banana. That, that, that was his like uh, comfort place. <laughs> you <Yes. know? laughs> and, and he looks so adorable and he does look so adorable and he, yeah, I can't buy him as a villain and I can't buy him as an adult. <laughs> he needs to play just, you know, mildly retarded yeah, <laughs> like people I'm not asking for that but it's uh, he's got to play to his strengths though he can play like a very stupid husband as we know in I Love Miss Fox he, uh, his misadventures are fooling because he's, he's completely off his rocker and uh, making ill decisions there that, and that, that he can embody you know <laughs> Here he, um, I mean, even his, uh, I'm going to lead you into this, this you wanted to talk about. He doesn't even really know how to kiss a woman in this movie. Oh my I, God. I think he thinks, uh, the character, how to, and Regina plays along. But what's going on with the kissing techniques here, Joshua? They don't, you know, and they don't play it up. Or not. I'm just, it's just something I noticed throughout the movie where Lee Chung Ling and uh, the Regina character, every time they kiss... They do this just, like, disgusting, <laughs> weird thing where they both stick their tongues out and, like, just kind of, like, lick each other's tongues. Yep, without the lips meeting or anything. It's just, like, right. tip of the tongue is playing with each other. Uh, uh, it's, like, there, nobody says, like, oh, this is weird or this is being played for laughs. This is played 100% straight. And, you know, it's just kind of gross and kind of <laughs> weird. I don't know, you know. 
it, it's it's you, you notice it because it's it's not like it's a fetish that is no no, no anything like hey we we do a tongue thing you know <laughs> do we do that tongue thing. Uh, but maybe Regina's character, who we don't know really if she uh, likes to play the man or if she has a heart. Maybe she just plays along because there, there's money to be had, you know, the blackmailing scheme. And uh, if we had the internal dialogue, all we would hear is like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing about the whole blackmailing scheme and everything like that. All that stuff is just, it's developed later and it doesn't, I don't know, none of it seems to really mesh and fit together like... The girls are initially at this party or whatever where they meet uh, all the guys. And then we get uh, – we, we meet uh, Kimmy who is like the second in command of this prostitution ring or yes. what have you. That's right. And uh, Kimmy is – we get this weird flashback of her dad trying to molest her as a child. Mm-hmm. And then the mother walking Oh, oh, oh I, I got to stop you there. Even like it's horrible. It's a you know molesting incest, but even like this dad doesn't care if he wakes up the entire house because when he's on top of her, it's like <laughs> you know. And the mother initially, of course, walks in, and you these houses in Hong Kong they're not huge, so it's like wall to wall. Right. So the mother ends up getting killed by the father. The father turns around, stabs the mom, and then Kimmy like takes a knife herself and she kills dad. So and then uh, one of the girl, the, okay, the girl that walks in is like the leader. Turns out to be the leader of the um, prostitution clan, right? Okay, how the fuck was she in the house? Is she the sister or something? Something like that. We, fuck, son of a bitch! How do we not know this? How does Let's this not go with that? <laughs> okay, so she's not very she's not very affected by the fact that there's two bodies on the floor. Right. Oh yeah, she walks in and you know what she says? She goes, "Why are you so nut?" Question mark. Why are you so nuts? And I assume that means why are you acting crazy because both of your parents are killed on the floor right in front of me. And she's like, why are you so nut? And she's like, this is not a big deal. We're just going to tell them that uh, somebody broke in and killed your parents. I mean, she like, even has to point out the fact that, hey, hey there's two bodies on the floor. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's so, this is so hey, nice. What's going on? Uh, oh, bodies. Oh, okay. Maybe they're her parents, too. Maybe not. You know, who is this person? I don't know. So after that, they team up and go into the prostitution business, I guess, or whatever. But really, really weird flashback out of nowhere. I, 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 I'll give the sequence this because it interrupts uh, rather like it's sexually shot, but uh, with uh, disco lights surrounding it. But it, there's a, a, a lesbian uh, sort of fuck show, if you will, in front of the guys. And normally in these movies that, and it happens in this movie later, it would have gone on forever and ever and ever, but they break it up, thankfully. Yeah, but didn't they go right back to it? <laughs> they, they did, but it didn't last like for an additional five minutes on its own. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I, I give Lee Mi Hong a credit for cutting it up and and immediately off the bat the movie looks actually dynamite the and uh, especially the like lightning design of the movie these it's like all the colors of the rainbow here man it's not just neon lit like blue streets and what have you there's colors everywhere foreground background that just are smashing you know it really looks elegant and in actual fact if you remove the colors it doesn't look that different shot from other movies of its kind but they make the colors pop in a very compelling way rather than a forced way 
There's even a really pretty shot where uh, later in the movie where Lee Chung Ling and his girl go out in the rain and everything like that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah that is the one scene I remember the most. The only Lee Chung Ling scene that kind of works because there it's not like these kids. Is this where you touch her? <sighs> he does basically play a virgin, though, right? He does, but for heaven's sake, he... Uh, it's not played up like it should be. He doesn't look like an adult, despite, you know... Uh, yeah. A, um, you'd think because it looks like he's a self-made man right uh, it, do, it does suggest that his parents gave him you know these millions of dollars and and he was like uh, uh, my, what's money what's goods and services <laughs> and it's weird that uh, you know it, it's just weird to picture this guy who has all this money and everything like that and has this killer yacht and all that and he's still a virgin at like I'm guessing 28, 29. Yeah, something. something like you, you, you'd think at some point it would have happened, but uh, but hey, it's a, it, they play it up as a very sweet relationship, and they kind of make it work partially the Regina and Chung relationship. Um, but uh, going back and soon we're going to talk about Charlie. I love when the fuck show starts, which is a term I I will always remember for New York Ripper, you know, uh, because uh, they 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 give them uh, flyers in the street. Fuck show, fuck show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I love that when uh, you see Charlie and the guys, and Charlie's kind of suave, and uh, you know he's in his tux and what have you. And when the fuck show starts, uh, he's got a girl beside him that he's groping while he's watching the fuck show, and he's really into it. Like, <laughs> I can watch, I can watch girl, and I can grope girls at the same time. <laughs> Classic Charlie. Charlie is only in it basically for half a movie, not uh, not enough, uh, but. We uh, we get uh, his sections because the movie really is like tiny plot, mostly sex scenes with the different pairs, right. and then rinse and repeat. Um, so we see Charlie Cho and his lady, which I believe was, was the Pauline character. And for once, you know, there's sensuality on display. You know, right. Charlie is on board with the slow kissing happening and the, her kissing his chest and Cho actually acting like he's you know we can recognize there's actual human pleasure for once yeah <laughs> <laughs> and not his like straight straighter division of pleasure yeah he's not being giddy and pervy here uh you know so wow charlie you, you you've uh you started well in 1991 was the start of like okay this is how you act on screen and then it got better but also uh more mad as the years went on. This is uh, not the... F I think this is the night, and then we cut to him in the morning as well, and he's feeling confident. So he wants her again, uh, because they never really had sex. And uh, you see also, depending on who you are, a very pleasurable sight of the camera panning down to Charlie touching his dick outside of his tiny whities for a good five seconds. <laughs> Imagine that on the big screen, dude. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know what? It's very explicit for these movies. Like that, you, it's one one small step away from him, like really stroking his dick on screen. Like, wow, they're going for it, really. But then, what happens uh, when they do start to have sex? What's the key problem here, Joshua, for Charlie's character? Uh, really, it, like they say, impotent, but. What I'm getting from it is premature ejaculation. You're right. I think uh, mistranslation or fuck up. But right. 
You're right. Like, he starts. He starts fucking like a fourteen year old, and he's done. Fourteen year old, and he's done in about a few seconds. And it's not his fault. He, he doesn't want to be done quickly. You know, he wants to make sweet love. And the thing is, like, okay, so after this, we develop in this whole thing with Pauline taking. And Pauline, by the way, is smoking hot. Mm -hmm. Like. She's the hottest of the girls in my opinion. Oh, uh, I, 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 I counter with Regina, Lee Chung Ling's. Uh, you think? Uh, yeah, but I, I think so. Yeah. I, I go with Pauline. I think she's just got. Uh, I like I really like her eyes, and she's got the great breasts. But anyway, so Pauline ends up taking Charlie to like an acupuncturist and stuff like that, and all this business. And it's like, here's the thing: if she's a hooker or whatever, why the hell does she care? Money, because they're, they're apparently. I, I, I assume th this is something I kind of made sense out of that after having seen the movie. That he's probably loaded to the degree that it's probably worth caring, albeit faking, mm -hmm. but it's probably worth caring. You know, what's the harm in taking him to the uh, to the doctor? But like, I don't. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I don't understand. Like, normally, do you know, like hookers and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm. A, uh, you know. Uh, do you need some chicken noodle soup? You know, uh, it's not the job. The job is to bang him and leave. You know, get your money, get out. But they're, they're, I think they're created. They're, they're creating their little exclusive private club because this is the stable. It's not like there's mm -hmm. twenty girls girls in the stables. I think that that's their like dedication to. They're dedicating themselves to a man, and then they're gonna pull the carpet uh, underneath, uh, from underneath them. So. And then things get weird. Like, later on, when we find out about all the uh, blackmailing and stuff like that, because, like, maybe it was just me, the whole sequence where they not only blackmail, which, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, for Lee Chung Ling, they blackmail him. And that's kind of been the plot through the whole movie, right? Mm. But then, while they do that, they also blackmail this, uh, like, mob guy. Yeah, there's a third character that the Cindy Yip character gets on with, but uh, they don't get as many scenes as Charlie and Lee Chung Ling. Right, and that all comes towards the end of the movie, but it's like, okay, there's a point in this movie where the boss lady of the prostitution clan says that, like, she's like, she wants to, you know, blackmail so and so because blackmail, I mean, so and so's father tortured her. That is the element that doesn't make sense because what torture? What uh, is that? The guy who you know performed the incest on her? No, it's probably not that guy. Like they don't explore that at all, which makes the scenario so unfair. Because what the what the fuck did these guys do to them? And I also wonder, it's not like Lee Chung Ling, certainly not the young guy, and Charlie Cho are these high-ranked public officials right. that can't afford a scandal. It looks like at most they're boss of a company and they can probably survive this, you know. Right. So it's not like the death blow is blackmailing. It almost seems like... Are they, you know, was it the plan? Do they do this to all of their clients? Presumably, yeah. If they do that, that doesn't make sense about the whole thing with her wanting revenge and stuff like that. No, 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 no. It can't be the same scenario with everyone. You're right. <laughs> None of it really makes sense, man. It's like... But but okay, you're you're at a point in the movie where you're talking about Charlie Chow going to the doctor and getting uh, acupuncture, and Charlie apparently goes to, um, you know, he, he feels confident uh, because the doctor says I'll fix you up in no time. That probably pleases him because even pre we even seeing uh, the doctor putting the needles into him, Charlie's off into fantasy land. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens in fantasy land, Joshua? A Batman. Not Batman. Bat show. Where's the pussy? 
<laughs> where, where is it? <laughs> we might be playing up something like, does that really happen in the movie? Yes, it does. Pretty much. Like, okay. Beat by beat, go ahead. We get a uh, weird dream sequence where um, Pauline is, which I liked it, that Pauline was on, like, a motorbike that has, like, a, the Marlboro brand on it, <laughs> like, cigarettes. Maybe a sponsor without them knowing that's how they were going to feature them on screen. <laughs> Does Marlboro do bikes? Not that I'm aware. Not in the States, as far as I know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sticker. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Go on. Please. So, uh, then you get Charlie shows up in a super low-budgeted Batman costume. Well, the, well, the villain is the uh, is the Joker, and that's actually the, the, the acupuncture doctor, yeah, turning up, turning up as the Joker. Yeah, yeah, and at first I didn't know what he was supposed to be. I thought he was a zombie. I was like, yes. I didn't recognize because the white, you know, makeup, but they didn't really, and he doesn't have a whole lot of hair, so they couldn't, like, make it all green and make it really noticeable. Char- Charlie just kind of pushes him off screen. The girl goes, Batman? And he goes, I'm Charlie. <laughs> that's, that's the line. It's like reverse, man. It's like, it would be like, Batman? No, I'm Bruce. I mean, I mean, shit. Then they get on the, well, the girls, I don't know. <laughs> the girl is on the motorbike while Charlie's behind her. He takes off his costume and he's got the bat symbol painted on his chest, but otherwise he's naked. <laughs> oh my God. And what God. you hear in the background is a sort of an out of tune version the Batman 60s theme. You know? <laughs> it's so good. He's majestic because now he can fuck her from behind. He's got, his, he's got his hand on his hips. He does. Both hands. Both hips. Yeah, I'm ready now. One acupuncture session later and this is what I imagine I'll be. This is what he, that is what he imagines he'll be. And when he comes back to reality, they take the, uh, you know, the needle out of his neck or whatever, and he's like, "Pauline, I'm powerful now." And like she gra- he grabs her by the hand. I think even the subtitles was, "I'm hardened now." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And it, yeah, it stands out in his pants. It does. He walks into the fucking camera too, like, "Oh, Charlie, it's great that you got your mojo back, but hey." Back up a little. Again on the big screen, dude. Like him rubbing his dick on the big screen and then walking into the screen. And uh, yeah, he he takes her back and starts to plow. And once again, it's over in a couple seconds. I mean, the doctor even said, like, essentially that it required a few sessions, at least not just one prick with the needle. You're fine. There you go. It's a that bat show sequence is just absolutely marvelous, and it's the least like classy, elegant shot scene. Lam Yu-Hung gets that, that this needs to be mad, not rather than these drawn-out slow-motion sex scenes that we do get throughout the movie. So it's a wise choice to break from all that now that it's fantasy. It's the best part of the movie, and it's the reason why most people probably should see it. If you're going to see it, this is the reason why. But when you really break it down, the entire sequence... You know, all of Char- almost all of Charlie's scenes after the initial like introduction are like completely pointless. You know, because it has nothing to do with anything that comes later. Yeah, after the second um, attempt at lasting in bed, uh, we don't see Charlie for a good amount of time, uh, essentially until he gets the um, photographs uh, and the blackmail uh, ransom thing. 
which is a shame because I, I, I like Lee Chung Ling, but I was thinking like, hey, divide it between at least two people and wouldn't Charlie and Lee Chung Ling make sense? But uh, it's um, it, it's essentially Chung and Regina's movie for a large stretch. Yeah. Um, I like, by the way, that um, the, the reliability of the Doctor, I think, of a lack of shines through because when he asks like oh, you know how much do I, do I owe you oh pay as you like <sighs> so okay here's a buck here's one dollar no I have needles I don't know what I'm doing like just poke people it comes off and he, here's the problem as glorious looking as the sex scenes are and the very scenes are the rain scene is the best one best yeah. one because it doesn't last too long and it looks fantastic having whole outside set lit in blue the rain comes in and lights up the scene in white and they look so good together it's part of it could be part of his showreel but the thing is he treats the whole movie like a showreel Lam Ye Hong that makes it too long even at 90 minutes flat it's again I let's say Take Me could have been 80 instead of 90 this one could have been 70 or less well, even less, yeah. Because uh, I mean, when you think about it, like the uh, like the lesbian sex scene that comes between Pauline and uh, Cindy, Cindy, like which develops into like I mean, it's like forty or fifty minutes in the movie, and all of a sudden these two are lesbian lovers, and uh, they have like a relationship going on. But anyway, so like that, but that sex scene is like they're having sex in the shower and stuff like that, and you know, it's ten, you know, tantalizing and like it's a good minute and a half or two minutes worth right there. And then you think that's it, but no, then it goes to the bedroom that they're having sex. And that, that scene goes on forever. Yeah. It, it is a problem. I mean, as much as it's beautiful to look at these women, all of them are gorgeous. They're wonderfully photographed, but enough's enough too. You know, right. Um, I love, by the way, that before they go into that scene, they, they say, Oh, want to go for a sauna. It's not a yeah. sauna. It's a. It's at best a bubble bath and one one uh, or little or little uh, jacuzzi. Uh, one aspect that not bugged me but fascinated me is in that tiny tiny bath, they actually have an air mattress as well. <laughs> they crammed yes. in an air mattress for no reason either because it's not like it's deep. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like that detail. Like let's put a way too actually way too large item in this small bath. Uh, that would be sexy. That'd be sexy. I mean, the lighting director, the cinematographer, he did his job well, but Lam Yi Hong really is too infatuated with the ladies and the sex scenes, and maybe too desperate to uh, create commercial elements um, here. Some other fun sex scene: uh, uh, Regina and Chung playing footsie on the boats, not on the yacht, but uh, in the in the in the in the little boat. To, to be fair, it looks kind of dumb, but yeah. Bear this in mind. I'm sure we all look silly from the outside while having sex or doing whatever. But it is their moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that works. And uh, But then to add, and here's exactly what you just told me about the other scene, to add a rubbing suntan lotion erotic scene on top of this is too much. And it's filler. Yes. It's filler. Right. You know, having five, ten-minute chunks of this, uh, five or ten-minute chunks of this is not really how to do it. We know that they're intimate, you know what I'm saying? And then you're going to cut to sex anyway. So 
why not just have a little bit of intimacy and a little bit of sex? That that is the reasoning, I'm sure. But here's uh, Lam Yue Hong believing too much in his abilities, if this indeed was a he, by showcasing a lot of it. Other movies have some pretty great scenes, even the like shoddy-looking erotic ghost story perfect match. When it cuts to the sex scenes, which are suitably in length, they look gorgeous. You know, the eye, the eye is there. But the eye to actually make a, a movie that doesn't feel like it's treading water you know it's uh, it's it's not there that that skill is not there it's not a whole lot of character but cindy Yip's character at one point is one that wonders and doubts in this blackmailing scheme i think she dreams of being an actress so she thinks that well when am i when am i gonna improve you know that's mentioned in passing yeah yeah exactly so it's it's a little bit of character and uh, that screw it if we're spoiling it but she gets the worst of fate of all, I mean, and, and it's pretty unfair, um, mm-hmm. because one of the the character that she bets that she takes secret photos of, and therefore the blackmailing scheme happens with him as well, he has tried connections, and they raped the shit out of her in a quite a dark, dark Jeez. scene. Which is unfair, because it's she was not the head of the operation. The head of the operation, my memory is so short right now, I don't think she got it. No, she, she also, like, we're gonna get straight into spoiler territory here, and, uh, you know, another thing that kind of just blows my mind about the movie is that happens, yes, and then the cops show up. And uh, the cops show up because Lee Chung Ling and uh, Regina both uh, found the photographs or whatever at the uh, apartment and everything. And, like, Regina was out of town at the time. She comes back. She discovers what's going on. She did not want to blackmail uh, Lee Chung Ling. So she's like, I'm going to turn my back on everybody. So Lee Chung Ling and uh, Regina show up at the place to talk to Cindy at first. And then they see Cindy get kidnapped. They follow her to the rape spot. Then they call the cops and the cops show up and bust the rape up and get the guys. And then we go from directly from that to the conclusion of the film, which is Lee Chung Ling and Cindy called the police and also reported the blackmail. And they show up at the, uh, the what you call it? The, uh, I guess headquarters yep. where, where we find the boss and we find Kimmy and uh, also, I forget who else was with them. Probably Pauline. I'm not sure. So they're all going through, like, for some reason, like hastily going through their cabinets and stuff, and getting all of their print negatives and stuff. No idea why. And so they're, you know, doing this as if they're going to go burn it or something. I thought that's what was about to happen. But no, the cops just show up and they're like, "Hey, you're under arrest for suspicion of blackmail." That's it. That's all it is. Like, okay, they busted them. Okay, what about Kim? What about Kimmy and like her, you know, underdeveloped thing about like her family, uh, her basically being forced into this position, and you know what I'm saying, and having to follow the girl, and you know, because of the murder. There's a whole sequence like ten minutes beforehand where Kimmy's going, "I want to stop all this. I want to go to the police." Cindy or somebody else is telling her, "No, you can't do that because you're a murderer because you killed your uh, father." And then you know, then she just gets busted. Kimmy just goes to jail right with her. Yeah, it's tied up pretty uh, sloppily, and I mean, we don't, don't even get the, it's, any it's really reinter- kind of a fucked up thing that they do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like wow, that's you know, that kind of makes me think bad about the lead characters that they just hastily sent everybody to jail. Then we go to the finale, which is just Lee Chung Ling just fucking the ever-loving shit out of <laughs> Regina. Now it's love and lust. You know, he's he wanted both. 
<laughs> he's like doing that, and then and then it goes into slow motion, but it still looks like he's like just going bonkers on her. Fourteen year old mentally, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Grown man, fourteen year old years old mentally. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's you're right, you're right. And Charlie doesn't get reintroduced either. I think his last scene is uh, him receiving a phone call and uh, the negatives uh, or the photographs at the same time. Like, oh, you got to pay us this and this, uh, which is a shame. I, I wanted, a re- I wanted that resolution too. Like in the end, Charlie got his mojo back, or he lasted longer in bed. Like, la 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 la, la you know. But nope, <laughs> inconclusive. No need for all that. Yeah. Which is a shame, but uh, hey, it's not too bad, but it's hit and miss. Uh, that's the long and short of it, as you summarized at the top of the review. Uh, it is hit and miss. Looks gorgeous, is mad, and uh, the Charlie scenes make it worth it. Literally, if you're a fan, it's pretty funny to watch him trying to play the playboy, as you said. Um, but certainly not the first movie you want to see with Lee Chung Ling, uh, if you want to see what's likable about him. But the real reason to see this is bad show. That's Charlie. Oh, I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm Charlie. All right. For my own amusement, uh, we'll be doing this minor little um, recurring segment for a couple of years now. It was a larger list in other episodes. It's a shorter list this year. But still, I want to hear, Joshua, the tally, the content of the Charlie Cho fuck list across these movies. <laughs> Summarize it for me so I can remember it, so, so I can sleep well at night. Unfortunately, Take Me only had the one with Charlie and the food in the uh, kitchen, and also the little scuba diver man or whatever, <laughs> toy soldier. Uh, Other Side of Dolls has three different uh, sex scenes. The first is Charlie basically fucking Pauline uh, on the bed or what have you, um, the, the sensual touch, you know? Then there's the Charlie with Pauline again in the morning where he comes really quick. And uh, finally they have the doctor's office, you know, Charlie fucking, what you call it? Uh, I guess, well, the, before, so there's four, my bad. Par- Charlie fucking her again on the motorbike and then Charlie fucking her at the house. Who would he, who would she be in the Batman universe? Oh, well, okay, she's on the motorbike, so I'm thinking Catwoman. Mm. She's she is the Catwoman. I think they never tried anything like that. I'm just asking, like a comic book aficionado, like you, or a movie, movie Batman aficionado, maybe an obscure character, but nope. Maybe Catwoman. No, let's go, let's go Catwoman. Yeah, I mean, she's not Poison Ivy for sure. Hey, hey let, let me ask you something really immature, and I don't know this at all. Uh, Harley Quinn and Batman, do they ever get it on for some reason? I've never heard of it, but it could happen in the comics. But uh, fucking, she's the hottest, in my opinion. Harley Quinzel. Uh, so that's the fuck list. Short one, but uh, meaningful, nonetheless. You know, meaningful. It, yeah, yeah. It, has, it has memorable content. So sometimes it's not uh, quantity, but quality, obviously. In other movies, there's plenty of quantity and doubtful quality in every encounter, <laughs> you know. It can be only, uh, that, that could have been the only thing on the list and a fantastic list, nonetheless. All right, as for availability, The Other Side of Dolls is on DVD, courtesy of Universe and in print. Uh, the transfer is from a cinema print with burned-in subtitles, but it looks very good and showcases, again, the visual design very well. So you can still get this DVD. And uh, if you're interested, I encourage you, encourage you to do so. Some final words. Now, now, now we become serious for a slight moment here, because it's the end of the year, and I always like to do some some, some final words and some summary of uh, what happened this year. So, uh, thank you 
as always, Joshua and listeners, uh, for sitting beside me doing this show when you can. I mean, it's this show and many other shows on the network. It's a passion project of mine. Uh, I have a voice, you have a voice, and if we can spread it, you know, spread like um, reviews and voice on movies we like, we think are funny, sexy, messed up, the podcast format allows for it. And I think the times we have sat down this year, we've done very well mixing deeper content, but also having tons of fun. Because this year involved watching Mutum Phase, harrowing human experimentation and war dramas, you know, Men Behind the Sun uh, to Black Sun. We watched Michael Wong and Ken Cheng singing Diana together. <laughs> and we made up characters like Plague Bob. <laughs> oh, Plague Bob. Oh, Plague Bob. It's hard to shoehorn him in, into the uh, conversation if, if there's no scene of someone dropping the plague on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Which only happens in one movie, essentially, and that's Men Behind the Sun 2. One movie throughout all of human history. <laughs> I thank you for being someone I can bounce these ideas and thoughts with, and I hope to see you around for 2015 uh, as well, okay. I mean, based on your schedule. And I, I, I wish we could do more of these, but you are busy educating yourselves. I'm busy producing other podcasts. Uh, I got a day job as well. So it makes the releases erratic for something called This Week in Sleeves. But thank you anyway for the times and the slots that you did find. I am very happy to be here. It is uh, my honor. And now, take me. Was the movie that we discussed in this episode? <laughs> it never gets old. Oh, never. No. Not, not for me, anyway. And it starts with me. If I can make myself <laughs> laugh, then that's half the battle. Uh, but, but yeah, um, next time we, we have promised before to talk uh, Simon Yam getting a hose up his ass and also stalking a news reporter in uh, the movies Don't Stop My Crazy Love for You and Twist, but we didn't have time to put that show together before the Christmas one. So look for that show next. It's a simple Tidal Whitey Theater one as well, where we talk uh, talk uh, those two uh, Simon Yam movies. So we're bringing in more mainstream actors doing these crazy movies. It's good fun. Uh, but uh, this is uh, the end of the... This week in Sleeves Christmas uh, special. Uh, you know, Yulmus is almost out, and uh, the uh, the effect on your bowels and your digestive system is uh, not that you can't put that on me. You know, it's not my fault. <laughs> you know, I voluntarily drank it. Peer pressure, but still not my fault. <laughs> drink, drink it. I put a gun to your head, brother. <laughs> This has been This Week in Sleeves on the Podcast on Fire Network. We have this show, all the other shows and bonus episodes on our website, podcastonfire.com. And email us, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash network. Join the discussion group by following the link on that page. Follow our tweets, twitter.com forward slash podcastonfire. My reviews of various category free movies and ninja movies and Taiwanese movies at sogoodreviews.com. And I video review at sleazykvideo.com. And I tweet at twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. And we are available on iTunes. Subscribe and rate and leave a written comment if you feel you have something to say and have the time. So thank you if you have done so. And stream us on Stitcher Radio as well if you don't like downloading podcasts to your device. It's available to your iPhone and various other iDevices and Android, I believe. And buy some t-shirts, among other things, the Caucasians t-shirt from Shelf lifeclothing.com that'll be like a Christmas present that could generate dialogue as well you know like yeah. what does this mean like well let me tell you it's not 
it's not actually offensive. Like, don't jump to your rationality first. Hear me out. So, hey, anything that can create dialogue is a good thing. And the thing with Brian's design, that's been around for years, and it took off now uh, because it uh, just uh, it happened. You know, it uh, appeared in news due to a rap. One of the members of a rap group wore it, and someone thought it was racist. But then, like, media has you know different sides of the media and the various opinions have made it clear that the intent is satirical. And many have said that it's a really clever design too. So it's not like there's a hate campaign out there for, for Brian Kirby or anything, uh, but Robert, I appreciate his uh, work. Good on him. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, okay, your plugs uh, as well. Podcasting and writing, that's what you do other than uh, getting an education. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> that, you know, you can find trashytrio.lipson.com for the Trashy Trio podcast and then uh, variedcelluloid.net Either place you can find me. Lots of fun. Lots of craziness. Let's stop the fucking for 2014, then. The merry fucking that was uh, this episode. And uh, yeah, see you for 2015. Thank you for the support. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And Happy New Year. And uh, Happy Holidays. And uh, that goes for you as well, Joshua. Yes. Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe. <laughs> He's singing that again this year. <laughs> I still don't know who Charlie Joe is. Why is he drinking that awful black beverage? There seems to be some Swedish influence. Uh, we, don't, we don't like it. We don't like that over here. Next next year, I'll sing in uh, Sweden, Swedish. That, that, that'll, be, that'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. And like, uh, do that with your family as, as well. Like, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a song for you. Hear me out. and then I'll write Charlie Joe lyrics. You can translate them into Swedish. And then I will butcher your language. It'll be great. I butchered your language for many years, so it's, it's, it's only fair. <laughs> Not even on the same league, brother. <laughs> like ten minutes, and like ten minutes later, it's like the the family has a little conference. Like, should we throw into the gators? Yeah, we'll throw into the gators. <laughs> like, dude, this is too much. Like the Yulmust was that 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 was the last drop. First, he shoved this, shoved the toilet water on us, and then now he's doing this. <laughs> Are you sure he bought it from Mr. Lundqvist or just grabbed toilet water out of the bowl? I think he did, but he enjoys it nonetheless. Sick bastard. <laughs> that, 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 that's right, you can make your own Yulmus. Like, go to, oh to- <laughs> go to the toilet right now. First thing you gotta do, eat a lot of Taco Bell. <laughs> and then afterward, when you've got the, you know, raging diarrhea, get ready. You yeah, so you don't need to go to a sewage plant or anything like you can do it in your home. For nine ninety nine, what? Uh, you you could sell it to some some rich bastards for like twenty dollars a bottle, which is I think what the Lundqvist family did, considering what they charged you. <laughs> Ten dollars a bottle. Insane, insane. I, f- I feel bad. I should send you money t- <laughs> to you because I didn't think you would spend so much on it. But hey, that's what it is. Now now you got a sense of what it's like in my world. That, that that's the like the most amount of Christmas. I celebrate. It's drinking that. That's it. You've just had Kenny B Christmas, Lisa K Christmas. Don't you feel incredibly dep- depressed right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. All righty. Thank you for that. But uh, hey, we are out and see for 2015 in, in uh, early early winter, early January or February. We'll see. So bye, everybody. But there's a perv you can count on, you know. And Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe, Charlie Joe.